Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. My first guest is Shelley Johannes, who is the co-author of the very popular best-selling children's books, Cece Loves Science and Libby Loves Science, and she is just a rock star. I recently had her on my other podcast, and she has been posting lots of comments and interesting stuff in the mom's group, and I wanted to hear her story. So this is my first episode. This podcast will undoubtedly morph over time and potentially include more experts or more or whatever, but right now I just want to hear from other women, other moms, other people who are sort of going through the same stuff and hear about everybody's journeys. So bear with me. I'm going to like fine tune this as we go, but I hope you enjoy this conversation I just had with Shelly, who is amazing. And hopefully it'll make you all feel a little bit less punitive and less hard on yourselves when you hear some of her advice and her story. Enjoy it. And please offer any feedback. I'm at zibby at zibbyowens.com or you can DM me at moms don't have time to lose weight. I hope to hear your feedback. Enjoy. Welcome, Shelly. I can't wait to talk to you on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Nice to see you. Thanks for being my first, well, first of all, my first guest on this podcast. And second of all, my first guest on both podcasts. Yes. So it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I've already made a record. I didn't even know it. <laughs> You've already made a record right. and it's not even new. Right. This is great. <laughs> okay. So the point of this podcast is just to hear stories from other people that people can relate to. And we all go through very similar <laughs> struggles with our bodies, but in different ways yeah. and in different forms. And so I just wanted to hear about your journey. And I know that's a really, really broad question, but I just want to have you take me through some of the highs and lows and see what we can learn and, and share and benefit. From. Yeah. I mean, the reason I joined your group is because I've never really joined a group before, but when it was moms, you know, who don't have time to lose weight, I just felt like it would be a larger community of people that had tons of different stories. You know, it wasn't a Weight Watchers group. It wasn't a slim fast group or you know, a very specific, you know, the women who get up and do, you know, the 5am workouts, like I tried that group. (laughs) So (laughs) trying to find my people, but I've always struggled with weight. And I don't even know if it's just weight. I think it's more just body image. And it started very young. Like I just, my mom was a beauty queen from Florida. And so she very fit, very tall, very thin, and had a very specific body style. And I just remember when I was younger, you know, I was a gymnast. And so my body style was very different, just muscular and bigger. And weight was a big issue, like a big topic in my family. 
So it really started there. And I think it just stuck with me. And it's always stuck with me. Like, do you need to eat that? Just these the slight comments, some more derogatory, but a lot of times just those little slight comments that you just don't think kids will hear maybe. And, you know, do you need to eat that? Do you need three cookies instead of two? Like, haven't you already eaten enough today? Wait, is this the voice in your head or is this no, you talking to your actual children? These are not me talking to my children. These are my parents talking to me. Okay. So when I was younger. And so I think that always, that voice, you know, we get those voices in our head, which are just people who have made impressions on us, has always stuck with me. Do I need to eat that? Do I need to, am I thin enough? Am I good enough? You know, am I fit enough? And so that's really where it started, was super, super young. And I remember being, you know, in high school and I was never the thinnest one. I was always the bigger one of my friends. And so I remember like the first time doing the weigh-in and they do those at school, like the nutrition weigh-ins. And I remember everyone afterwards talking about their weight. And I was embarrassed because my weight was higher because I'm more muscular. And I just felt, oh my gosh, if I weigh, you know, X amount and they weigh 20 pounds less than me, I must be fat. So I remember that's where it started, like really a lot in my teen years. And, you know, my mom putting me on Weight Watchers when I was 15. And then I think we moved to Atkins diet after that. And then I think we moved to South Beach diet after that. And I think it was just, I could never find something that worked for me. And it kind of got me on this fad diet role. So um, that's really where it started. And then I think when I went off to college and I've always been someone who worked out. So that has benefited me as I've gotten older because I'm a little bit obsessive about working out. But I think that was because I was always trying to lose weight and always trying to count my points and always trying to count my calories and making sure that I burned off enough. And then, but when I get, got into college, it kind of took a downward spiral where I went on the Jello diet, you know, like, and then I went on the pine. Wait, wait, wait. What, what was the Jello diet? I, I, all you ate Jello for a week. Oh my gosh. Okay. I miss, I missed that one, but I got all the other ones. Unhealthy. Yeah. Like, and this was, you know, in the nineties, right? So just when that whole fad kind of diet things were coming into play. And then I went on the pineapple diet, which I don't eat pineapple now. <laughs> <laughs> and I had like sores down my throat. And so I just kind of went down this really bad path. And I don't think it was a path anybody sent me on, but I think it was just messages that had somehow maybe, I don't know, just gotten on the wrong track. So I mean, that's really where it started. And then what happened throughout college? What happened after? Did you stop the fad diets or when you started working or what? Yeah, so I went on the fad diets and I, I remember going on the Jell-O diet. This is kind of embarrassing. I mean, I'm kind of sticking myself out there, but I mean, I went on the Jell-O diet and I lost a lot of weight. So I was like, finally, I found a diet that works for me, right? Yeah, starvation. <laughs> <laughs> and sugar. Like, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Just, that's what kept me going throughout the day. I have tons of energy. I mean, there's water in Jell-O, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, no calories to count. I know it's horrible. I look back on my, you know, teen and kind of college self and feel bad because I wasn't over, over, overly weight. Like I wasn't having any health problems. I just had, when I saw myself in the mirror, I looked big and I went through, so I did go through a bulimic stage in college and I don't remember what pulled me out of it. I think I remember my mom and dad coming up for a game at UGA and my mom looking at me and saying, are you eating? Like, you look way too thin. But I mean, that was the conversation was, you look great. You look thin. You look like you've lost weight. You look like you've been working out. And those little comments were always, you know, I think that still goes on in my family. Like, 
you look great. How are you keeping weight off during the pandemic? You look good. Looks like you've lost. And so it just is always, I don't, I don't even know if they're really aware of it, you know, but I've, I was, that didn't last long because I'm not making a joke at this. I really don't like to throw up. Like it just, <laughs> yeah. and so it just, it's after my mom's comment and then just the process I had to go through, it just was not, I couldn't do it. I don't know how I pulled out of it, but I think it's always been there. It always sits in the back of my head. And now sort of fast forward to here. Yeah. So what's been going on since you, because I feel like having kids then is then another huge time where our bodies are like, you have to focus on them because they're changing so much. And like, and you're everybody- all the time, right? Yeah. And your weight's going up. And I mean, I remember when I was pregnant, I was probably about maybe five to 10 pounds away from my husband's weight. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I cannot weigh as much as my husband. Oh my God. I had the same thought. FYI. Yes. And, so, and I went like, they were like, we're going to take your baby two weeks early. And I remember thinking, yes. I mean, like that means I don't have to weigh in. Like I will not make his weight. And that was a thought that went through my mind, which is so embarrassing that that is the first, it wasn't like, is my baby going to be okay? What's a C-section going to be like? It was, yes, I'm not going to like gain that extra five pounds in those last two weeks. I'm going to make it. I'm going to skim by under the weight of my husband, you know? But that was really hard. And I came back after the first one because I do work out. But the second one, I didn't come back. And I think I mentioned to you that I have a nerve disorder. And so I started taking medicine and it keeps weight on and I couldn't get back. And it was very frustrating. And I still am kind of there. Like I still struggle. I was just talking to Kim this morning about coming on your webpage. And I was like, what what do you hear me talk about from weight as a friend? And she said, I just think you're always trying. Like you're always, Mm -hmm. and if you go do really well, like I'll go off my medicine and I'll do really well. And then I'll need medicine, obviously. And so then I'll put weight back on and I'll kind of beat myself up about it. And it's just one of those. So I joined yours to be like, you know what? This is a time for me to kind of just focus on, I need to love myself. I just turned 50. I had goals, weight goals for when I turned 50 that I didn't meet, you know, but I always said, well, when I turn 40, I'm going to be this. When I turn 50, I'm going to be this. And so that was hard because I really, I'm a very goal oriented person. And if I set a goal, I will kill myself to make it. Like it's, I will almost, it will almost be to my detriment. Like we were talking about, like when I, if I say I'm going to do something, I will do it and I will do it now. And I don't succeed until I meet that. It's just a, so I don't know. It's been, it's a really tough journey to learn how to love yourself and look in the mirror and see yourself for who you are and not have it be a number, like not have it be a weight number. It's how you feel. And other people will say, you don't need to lose weight. But in my head, I'm just like, oh, I'll say, you know, I carry my weight really well, or it's probably these jeans. (laughs) Like I will offset it because I'm like, they don't really know what's, you know, behind this and yeah. they don't see me the way myself. I feel like I'm carrying like the secret shame of the actual number. Like if anyone knew, oh my gosh, but like I figured I had to dress for it and, you know, maybe I could hide it enough, <laughs> you know? And the thing is, it's like, here you are, you're a best-selling author, like so accomplished. Oh, thank you. In so many ways. And I keep hearing you say about how your body is so athletic and like that should be celebrated and you've gained weight because of medicine. So it's like, even though you have the answers right there of like, why perhaps you're not like the other girls, it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's hard to intellectually process that. Whereas like, you know, if my daughter, like one of my daughters is super, you know, athletic, gymnastic, whatever. And I'm like, I look at her, I'm like, I hope she never has an issue with this beautiful athletic body of hers because it's not like 
stick skin, you know, like, I don't oh, know. Oh, and I think media <laughs> and society, that, that's how they, right? I mean, that's what's pushed. That's what's celebrated is those, you know, sickly, you know, models that are so thin and you're seeing them on camera and, you know, seeing them in person. I mean, I think being a mom, you know, my daughter is 16 and, you know, she was a soccer player. And I, when she got to be about maybe 10 and started kind of being a little bit more concerned about weight 12, you know, because she was a soccer player and they had to run a certain amount and they never weighed them, but they definitely had to be in shape. I hid my weight scale. And she was always like, do you have a scale? And I was like, I do not have a scale. Like, I don't keep a scale around. It's not about the number. It's about how you feel. And I was like, I have to change this message, you know, for my daughter, because I don't want to repeat the same mistakes. I think sometimes we say things to our kids and we just don't realize the message that they don't, we don't realize the message we send is not the message they take in. Right. And that's scary to me. And that was why we started the books, the same reason, but from a weight perspective, I didn't want her to get so focused on a number. And of course now she's like, we need a scale and she wants to, and I'm like, it's not about a number. It's about how you feel. How do you feel today? Do you feel healthy? Do you feel unhealthy? You know? And she's like, well, I haven't eaten a lot of sugar. And I'm like, well, you probably don't feel healthy, but you're beautiful. And everybody has different body styles. And I see her going through the same thing. Like she'll be like, but she's, you know, a size two and she's small and, and she's a size six. I'm like, honey, you're a size six. You're, you know, don't look at magazines. Like you have to go by how you feel. You can't get so caught up in what people are telling you you're supposed to be that you lose sight of who you are, you know? Yeah, and it's true. scary. I feel like sometimes I just need to listen to the things I'm saying to my kids. Like I was so afraid of saying the wrong things that like I've been like only like body positive around the kids. Like right. I've never said, cause I was like, I am not going to do any of this. Like I'm, I've read all these articles. I'm never saying I feel fat or this, like I have pain in my body right now. And yeah. I would like to like eat better for the inflammation basically. But you know, I can't let them hear me say all that stuff. It's so corrosive. And I think our generation, like our moms, like my mom had me on diets like you, like she took me to some diet center and I'm like, what I wouldn't do for that body, by the way, back, right? Right, yes. There was nothing wrong with my body. Like, right. seriously, like I can't, anyway, whatever. But that was like the culture. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, yeah. I looked at the pictures, like, what was I thinking about myself? Like, why was I so hard on myself? And, you know. But, it, you know, it's funny because that also follows you. Because I remember like a vacation I took maybe five years ago and being in my bathing suit with the kids in the water and like being self-conscious, sort of like, are people watching me as I wade in here with my kids all climbing all over me? And I remember feeling, I had this thought at that time, like, wait a minute, maybe one day, like this is the body that I'll wish I had. Right. <laughs> and now I do. <laughs> so it's like, you always are thinking things could be better. And yet, you know, life changes. And like, there are extenuating circumstances, like you're, your medicine, which is so much more important, right? Like getting rid of pain. I don't know. Yeah. And I will try and get off of it. I mean, I'll try and like, I mean, now it's become my whole thing. You know, my husband will be like, you look beautiful. And I'll say, yeah, well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find that line between looking old and, you know, I don't want to be old and like too thin, right? but I don't want to be, you know, fat and too, you know, like, I, I mean, that is what I go through. So I'm like, there's a fine line. I have to, I need to find that line. So maybe I don't need three a day. Maybe I could do two a day. And so it's like, it's almost like the stages of grief. It's like I'm in negotiation yep. constantly. I, <laughs> maybe if I do this, maybe I could do this. Maybe if I could do this, I could do this. 
But then there's also that point, and how old are your daughters? I have a 13-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old daughter and then two sons. Okay, yeah. And I knew you had four kids, but I wasn't sure the age. So my daughter now is 16 and I find her telling, I find myself telling her more stories about my journey because I don't want her to feel like it's odd for her to think those things. And so, you know, I've said I've had a, a tough relationship with food and it really is about health so that if something ever does happen, mm-hmm. she can come to me. So I did go through the period where I never talked about weight, never talked about, I never said the word fat. I never said, you know, the word weight. I always talked about healthy choices, right? right? Yep. Let's yep. make healthy choices. Let's make, these are, these are fun choices, like for cupcakes. Yeah. And, and I even remember my very first book, and I don't know, I know you're, you've written a picture book, right? Yeah, and you've got yes. one coming out. Yeah. My very first book was when I was in fourth grade, and it was about a fat, smart cookie And I'm in the process now of kind of reworking that to be like, that would be really awesome if I could rewrite that book for myself. And it was about a cookie who was constantly eating bad and everyone was constantly telling her she was fat. And that was in fourth grade. And I won an essay for that award. Like I I won an award for that essay. And I remember in fourth grade saying, oh my gosh, like, you know, even my weight won an award. (laughs) Like the topic I was rewarded for writing about weight. And to me, it was really a sad story about this cookie that was just too fat and always ate wrong and, and tried to do better and just couldn't. And it's just funny how those things kind of bleed into, you know, I don't know, just even creative aspects like that aren't bad, you know? I wrote an essay when I was 14 about how I felt about my body and I had gained some weight when my parents divorced and how I felt like people were even treating me differently and how I felt about it. And I ended up publishing it in Seventeen Magazine. And that like started me like writing freelance essays essentially. But I remember thinking, and by the way, like now that I look back, I'm like, wow, how did I do that at 14 when I look like what my kids are doing? <laughs> like Anyway, but you know, it, it inspires so much like production, artistic production, thought. It's such a waste, actually. I mean, think about what else we could have accomplished. But anyway, so when we think about like sort of where we are now, and now here we are joining this group and trying to be there for each other. And again, like, that's why I did this. Because when I got all these comments, you know, everyone had such different tips. There's no one size fits all thing. Forget it. And stories. Everybody had so many. I loved reading. And everybody had so many stories. And I want to like hear all the stories. So where, like, what are your goals now? And how can the group help? I mean, I think one goal of my, is I'm trying not to focus on a number because I think I've been so overly focused on numbers my whole life to my detriment. I mean, to an unhealthy you know, as you get older, I just turned 50. And so you start realizing this is the only body I am ever going to have. I better celebrate this vessel and take care of it the best way that I can, because I don't get another one. And I don't think when you're younger, you realize that you just, you don't realize what the fad diets and what the, you know, yo-yo diets, or they would call them, or just the mental anguish of, I think, what that actually does to my body. So I've tried to just, so with my nerve thing, I really can't work out very hard. And so I just have started walking. Like, I think I put posted some of these in there. I'll just say, you know what? I don't feel like walking, but I'm just going to walk around the block. And then I'll end up walking. I'll listen to your podcast. I'll end up walking another 30 minutes for a podcast. And I'll be like, yeah, I can probably watch one more. And so I ended up just started walking and walking and walking. And so over the pandemic, I mean, I've lost a lot of weight. I lost, I think I told you I lost 15, but then I started the medicine back up and I've gained five. And that was disappointing right before my 50th birthday, which was why I kind of posted, your post just came right at that time where I was super vulnerable. And I was like, yeah, and then this happened. And then I look back, I'm like, wasn't I just an open book, you know, just putting on my- I love it though. 
So I just am trying to find a way to be healthy, but still have the things that I love, which I think is why I told you I gravitate towards Weight Watchers because I just feel like when I get in those areas where I'm like, no, you can't do this and you can't eat this and you can't have this and it's past eight and it's do this, that I find I actually, I set myself up to fail. I never am successful when I do that. So now I'm trying to be like, okay, I can have the special gluten-free cinnamon bun, but I'm gonna have to have a salad for lunch. And my daughter, you know, ended up coming to me saying, I don't feel healthy. You know, I would like to figure out how to eat healthy. And so I kind of showed her the Weight Watcher smart point and was just kind of like, this is not a weight, this is not a diet. This is a way to acknowledge what you're putting in your body and make choices and see what the choice gives you. And so if you come out and you want a granola bar, she'll say, mm, I, I mean, it's got too much sugar and it's six points. I think I'm gonna have an apple and a string cheese. And so I've tried to teach her that, but that's been hard for me because I don't wanna send the message that she needs to lose weight and that she needs to go on a diet. But now I'm trying to focus on getting ready for her to go off to college and making those healthy choices so that if she doesn't feel healthy and doesn't feel good, that she can say, okay, well, I have, I am having, you know, lucky charms every morning and maybe I should have, you know, an omelet and a piece of cinnamon toast, you know, and that's half the points of, you know, what lucky charms would be. So that's a struggle. And when you have a 16 year old is to figure out how do you teach them how to eat healthy without talking about weight and exercise and how you feel and what are the good choices? What are the bad choices? Why are they bad? You can't just say it's got sugar. So the only way I can say is these two granola points are 10 points. You know, this rice cake, like, you know, caramel rice cake with a string cheese is two points and it's healthier. It's rice. It doesn't have as much sugar. I don't know. So I really struggle with that. So when you said moms, like who try to lose weight, I thought that maybe some moms would also have tips for, you know, how do you get your kids on the right path, you know? Yep. And how do you teach your sons to work out when they're super thin? And how do you teach them, you know, his doctor's like, you need to put on weight. And in my mind, I was like, oh God, don't tell him that, you know, like. How old is your son? He's 13. Okay. And so he's in that space where they're like, you need to put on weight. You need to get some fat in your body. You need to do this. You need and so I'm trying to teach him different skills, like what's good fat, what's bad fat. You have to work out, but his metabolism's so high, he can't put on weight. And so it's just, it's hard. It is hard being a mom when you're looking from your lens out that isn't a healthy lens and trying to teach a healthy lens. How do you actually eat? Like what's like a go-to meal for you? Like I know you've referenced some of the points meals and stuff, but yeah. like, like what's your, I guess what's your general eating and then like what's your biggest downfall like my biggest downfall is eating. cheese <laughs> okay that's my biggest downfall and I try so I try to eat eggs in the morning but I love cheese so I use the cheese as my points and I sometimes eat cheese in the afternoon but I'll have a salad with some cheese or vegetables with some cheese so like if I cut out cheese I'm just not happy <laughs> Like creamer, my creamer, my coffee. I will not stop my coffee creamer. It just makes me happy. I like the delight white chocolate raspberry. We stock up on it every Christmas because it only comes out like for a couple months. <laughs> and I'm just like two points a tablespoon. I just measure it and like, I'll take it, you know? So it just helps. It's not about the points. I think it helps me be very conscious and aware of what I'm putting in my body. 
because I know that the higher the points, the higher the carbs, the higher the sugar yep. and the lower the points, you know, so if I have string cheese and a pickle, that's still cheese to me. It's better than, I don't buy, I can't, I can't buy those big logs of cheese. Like I will eat the whole log. I could probably eat it in a day if I didn't pay attention. <laughs> like just slicing them and your slices get bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> so I can't, I have to buy the ones that are either sliced or that are individual. That's like me with banana bread. I'm like, I'll just make a slice here in the thing. And then next thing you know, it's like half the, the thing is gone. Two inch slice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like one slice of banana bread is only, but I've had three slices in just one. So it sounds like, some goals and things like to look forward to are get maybe just like getting rid of the scale entirely. Maybe you don't even need it in the family or just shoving it away for a while. Yeah. Focusing on the amazingness of your athleticism and that your body was built for more than just being a scrawny model and that that's a good thing. Yeah. Because like that's a, a blessing. And somehow like, not that like this saying this for the millionth time will do anything, but just to keep in the back of your head. I think it's moving more like writing, po- like counting points. And yep. those are already lots of goals. Keeping walking. Yep. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm keeping walking. And I like this last weekend, I went with my daughter. We had a mom daughter trip and we ended up doing a lot of, I think I mentioned it on one of the posts, like yep. ended up doing horseback riding, which was like mountainous and rugged. And we ended up doing zip lining and hiking to Lula Gorge. And I have not been able to walk since I, like, it just, <laughs> I, we did, I did too much, but I remember going to Tulula Gorge going, we could totally make it down. Like, like we can go down the suspension bridge. My daughter was like, are you sure we can do that? And I was like, yes, we can do that. And then I got down and then I was like, oh, we got to go back up. <laughs> like that wasn't smart, but I kind of over fatigued my muscles. And then I end up laying down for three days, being upset because I'm not walking and, you know, beating myself up because I should be walking, but I'm trying to take care of myself and kind of let my body heal from the overexertness of a weekend. And then I eat because yep. I'm not walking. And so I find when I walk and just get outside and kind of get that energy outside, kind of get out of my small world, which is hard right now in the pandemic because they, we do have live in small world and my refrigerator is there all day long. I'm not busy and in the car saying, oh, I'm hungry, but I didn't bring a snack with me or I only have a banana or now it's just staring at the refrigerator, you know, waiting until, is this snack time? <laughs> is this snack time? I know. <laughs> like lunch? Is it lunch yet? When, what, what is the next eat? When's my feeding time? I'm like a child. <laughs> so what would you say to yourself, like, you're going to have bad days coming up and you're going to have great days coming up. Yeah. And to be more forgiving, like, what's, what would you want to say? Like, what do you want to remember? Like, maybe if you replay this or you're having a period of feeling very vulnerable or bad about yourself, like, what would you want to remember that's like really important, you know, like a don't miss the plot kind of message to yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think I try to talk to myself the way I would talk to my kids. Like, I'll say, I'll hear myself say something. I'd be like, I would never say that to my daughter. Like, why would I say that to me? You know, I would never say, you know, get off your ass and go work out. Even though you're in pain, I would be like, your, your body's tell you have to listen to your body. Your body is telling you that it can't do that today. And so embrace your body, love your body and know that you can do that tomorrow. So I try to think about now a little bit more consciously of what would I say to my daughter? And if I wouldn't say it to my daughter, then why would I say it to myself? I love that. Yeah. And so that helps me because I will kind of get in my head and be like, you only lost a pound. You only did this. Why would you do this? And I would never, 
ever say that to my kids. And so I just have to, we almost have to retrain that message, right? Like we almost have to change those messages that have somehow gotten wired in our heads, that inner voice that is just like, get off your ass. You got to work hard, work harder. You said you were going to do this. How come you're not doing it? And change it to be a little bit more nurturing and be like, I'm doing the best I can. Like I did great yesterday. Today's been a bad day. Tomorrow's a new day. I don't know. That's, it's a hard one though. I struggle with that question. I think every day. Yeah. But I love your advice. Like that's advice that could help me. Like, you know, talk to myself. Like I would talk to my child, talk to myself internally. Like I would talk to some, because we seem to treat ourselves with so much less care than all the people we take care of all the time. Oh my gosh. I'm so cruel to myself. I mean, it's, you know, I feel bad for myself sometimes. Sometimes when I hear my daughter being down on herself, I'll be like, hey, that's my daughter you're talking about there. Right. You know, like I have to stick up for her being rude to her. You know, like I don't want to hear you being mean to yourself. Like that's someone I care about there. Stop it. Right. I like that. I like how you're making it like the third person situation. Say, hey, you little mister. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Internal family systems is some kind of therapy that I've read about in the past about how all your different voices in your head. And I have those voices in my head. I have the lady who's just like, you know, your nerve problem and this and that. And she's like a hypochondriac and always worried about her nerves. And I have the person who's like, you're not doing enough. Got to get out and get busy. And so I'm trying to kind of put those voices. I think Elizabeth Gilbert talks a lot about that in her magic book. Put those voices in the back seat. They're the two-year-olds. Like we don't need to hear from those voices and, you know, bring the other voices that are more positive and nurturing and loving, like let them sit in the front. The other, those other wackadoos in the back. You know, they shouldn't be dry. (laughs) So just be kinder to ourselves and, you know, speak to ourselves the way we'd want anybody else to speak to us. Yeah. I don't know. Not to say that's going to help. And I know this has been more of like a, just like catching up, you know, us talking about our struggles, but I think it's all kind of relatable. Like every, so many people wish they had a different body and structurally they don't. And it's kind of a shame now that I'm in my forties when I think about the body types I longed for before. Like, why is that necessarily any better? Like, I don't think those, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, this is also a much bigger conversation, but I'll just say like, it's a blend of like self-acceptance and yet working hard to keep our bodies functioning at their best, which sometimes means not like having all the extra stuff and staying active and somehow. And maybe realizing what those triggers are, because I think when you posted, you know, it was very intimate. I mean, something triggered that, like all of a sudden, you know, it's like we kind of have these feelings and then something will kind of yes. weigh us down. I mean, for what was that for you? When I posted that I wanted yeah. to eat like everything in my kitchen, I, I, I don't think I explained the whole reason, but I had just heard some really bad news and, you know, I had had such a long day and I was just like so sick of being careful and having to focus on this. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore, you know, but, (laughs) but then the group helped so much because I got all these tips and I went out for a walk with the dog and I waited five minutes and I chewed gum and like I did all these things. And and then next thing you know, the, the craving passed and like I handled it another way. And I, and I lived. So, you know, I think it's also habit breaking. Anyway, there's a lot, but I'm just so happy you shared your story and thank you for being so open and, and your advice. And I hope the group helps and I hope you continue to like keep posting all your stuff because it's so great. And yeah, well, uh, thank you for starting it. And thank you for having you on here. I was, when you said, oh, let's kick it off. I was thinking, really? I, like, I don't know if I'm the expert to talk or person to talk about 
you know. I didn't want to start with an expert. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to be real. And this is what it's all, I mean, it's just like one woman to another. I don't know. Yeah. Like we're I in agree. it together. Yeah. That's why your podcasts are so great. Cause it's like moms to moms and women to women. And oh, I'm, I'm also well. looking for, you know, tips on how do we raise our kids, you know, in a healthy environment um, yeah. with positive messages. Yes. Me too. So that I don't mess them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Shelly. This was fun. And now I'll be like thinking of you as I go about my eating today. <laughs> you know, it's nice just to have like a, a partner in crime, if you will. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I totally get it. Face to a name and, you know, all the rest. So, <laughs> all right. Okay. Thanks for coming on. All right. Good luck to you today. Okay. Bye, Shelly. Thanks. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.